So this morning, I'm excited because I'm starting a four-week series entitled Ready. And so I'm excited because what I sense the Lord has dropped in my spirit for us over these next few weeks, I think is going to be um, paramount for you or for us as we go forward into this new year. This is our uh, uh, month where we prepare ourselves. The challenge that I have with many is that they ask for blessings that they are not prepared to receive. We ask for miracles that we are not prepared to live in. And so if you're going to ask for a thing, you need to be prepared for what's coming. Being prepared is the state of being that we call ready. So let's pray together and we're going to jump into this series and we're going to take our time and deal with it uh, as we are stepping over into starting tomorrow our 21 day fast. This sermon series is going in conjunction with that and so we're going to get, listen, let me, let me say something. I'm spending the next 21 days getting ready for what's coming. I've already made some phone calls. I've already been uh, 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 researching and finding out what I need to do because I know what I've asked the Lord for. And because of what I've asked him for, I need to be ready to receive it. That's like asking God to give you a million dollars, but you don't have a savings account. It's like asking the Lord to give you a million dollars, but you've not looked into how you need to diversify it to make it work for you. Stop asking for what you see on TV and ask for what God has for you. But then if, when you ask him, Lord, what do you have for me? You need to tell him now, tell me what I need to do to position myself to be able to get what you have for me. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, many of us live defeated and disappointed lives because we're asking for stuff that we're not ready to receive. Not that God won't give it, but we're just not ready to receive it. Y'all going to be quiet on me? Okay, everybody say amen. Everybody shake your head. I just want to make sure we're ready. Okay, because sometimes you got to bear witness to what you hear so your spirit are here that you're saying yes to that. Oftentimes we sit in church and say nothing because we don't want to be held accountable. I ain't going to say amen to that. I'm just going to hold my head down. No, no ma'am, no sir. This is the series that's going to get you positioned for what's next. All right? So I'm going to break today's message up based on my time frame. Y'all in trouble. I don't have no clock. I don't have no clock. Don't nobody say nothing. Don't say nothing to me when you get out tomorrow. Don't say nothing to me. Okay, so let's, uh, let's pray together and let's jump in. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everything that you have uh, spoken to me about. I thank you, Lord, for what you have designed for the local church here at Christ Center Church. I thank you that uh, you have thought it through, that before the foundations of the world, you have put in place 
that which you are going to say to us over these next few weeks. So we thank you in advance. We praise you in advance because you've never let us wrong. Your credit is good with us. You've always steered us in the right direction. Everything you said to us, you have made good on. So we thank you, Lord, and we position ourselves to hear from you. And I pray to now, I pray right now, a fresh anointing over your word today. I ask God that you would speak through my mouth, think through my mind, allow my thoughts to be clear. Cause me to be agile as you talk to me, Holy Spirit. And I pray today that you would make alive your word in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody clap your hands and be excited about the word of God today. So listen, the purpose for this series is to get us positioned for the absolute best that the Lord has for us. I'm tired of talking about what God is getting ready to do. Let me make sure that we clear this up. God doesn't have to get ready to do anything. He's ready. He got the power. When he speaks, stuff happens. So he don't have to get ready. So oftentimes we use phrases like that so it'll give us time. We're like, God getting ready. So I don't have to do nothing yet because God getting ready. What is he doing? Putting on his shoes or something? No, God is ready. He's ready to bless you. He's ready to shift your life. He's ready to turn things inside out for you. He's ready to speak that 180 that you need to happen in your life. He is ready because it's now unto him who is able, empowered, has the ability now unto him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. It is not that God has to get ready to do anything. More than likely, we're not ready to receive. And so this series is a series that the Lord has been impressing in my heart over the last two and a half, maybe three months about uh, going into this new year. So it is designed to get us positioned for the absolute best. So here is my question to you. What's on your calendar this year? What's on your calendar? What have you thought about? Have you, have you looked at your calendar, whether it's a paper calendar or electronic calendar, digital calendar, whatever it is, have you gone through the year already? Or are you stuck on what happened last year? Have you already gone through your year? Watch. What are you saying to me, Pastor? It's just January. I hadn't thought that far. But we complain to be like, can you believe it's January already? You should have been like, hey, I am, I'm already ready for December. Because I've gone through the year and I've declared some stuff over my calendar. That's what I've done. I preached it last week and I told you that you need to step, stand in the threshold of 2019 and declare and prophesy some stuff. Just like Mary and Elizabeth prophesied before their babies were born. They were speaking into the atmosphere some stuff. I told you last week, that's what you should have been doing. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I wonder how many people prophesied last week into this week so they could see some changes in their life. See, y'all think I'm just be talking for to hear myself talk. I talk under the unction of the Holy Ghost. That wasn't in my notes. The Holy Ghost told you to prophesy over your year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. If you get what you prophesied, don't be mad. If you get what you declared, don't be disappointed. 
This just wasn't a good year for me. That means what came out of your mouth was either, either zero or not good. See, when you stand in January and speak over the next 12 months, you mimic your God who determines the end from the beginning. You look at too much reality TV and all they show you is drama. And you think it's funny. But what happens is it gets into your psyche. Oh, I can't get no talk. And so when you got on drama, high heels, and a tight dress, you think your life is good. Because that's what you see. Boy, I'm preaching already. Can I go to the house, Walter? I'm finished. So what's on your calendar? Because whatever is on your calendar is what? You can expect to receive. When I'm talking about calendar, I'm not talking about birthdays and family reunions and vacations. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, holidays. I'm talking about, listen, what's on your calendar as it relates to your expectations? What do you expect to happen this year? Bill Heibel says this, that whatever you want to get better at, you need to schedule it. If you want to get better relationally, work, you know, professionally, if you want to get uh, better recreationally, if you want to have better uh, 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 me time, what do we call it, uh, self-care, uh, self you, you need to schedule all of that if it's going to be better. To the same degree, I'm saying to you that if you're going to live a life of expectations, you need, to ex you need to schedule what you expect. Do you have things on your calendar that set your expectation for the next year? Just let that, I'm going to let that marinate a minute. What are you expecting for 2019? Because it is at the place of your expectations that says to me that you have spoke some things over the next year. And when you start prophesying over your life, expecting what you speak, then your year will flow better when you stand up and declare. So listen, it's not too late. Over these next 21 days, we got time to declare some stuff over the rest of the year. Because see, what we're doing with these 21 days, let me tell you why we do this. We do this so we can give God the first. That's why we do this, okay? Whenever you give God the first of anything, the first and the best, God blesses your socks off. It sets the tone for the rest of the year. It's called the principle of first mention. 
So God, I'm going to give you this first month, this first 21 days of the year. I'm going to give them to you in fasting, in prayer, in reading, in setting the tone for my life for these next 11 months. That's why we do it. It is my prayer that you take it seriously, but most don't. Most don't take, most of you do not take these 21 days seriously. For the past five or six years, however long we've been doing it, we don't take it seriously. How do you know that? Because we only have a handful of people on the calls in prayer. When we schedule prayer on Saturdays, only a handful of people. We only do it for an hour or less. When we come together, we pray for an hour. When we get on the phone, we pray for seven minutes. But you want prayer over what you won't change. I didn't come for you to like me this year. You want me to pray over what you won't get up early and see God over. I can't pray for you to stand up. If you got the power within you to do so, then just stand up. You know people that flounce around in the water talking about I'm drowning? And people say, hey, just stand up. And then they realize that the water's at their knees. We don't have to pray for that. Just stand up. There's power that God has given you that you have to release and declare over your life. So now, what have you declared and prophesied over your life this year? And I want to know if you've declared anything, are you ready for it? I'm not talking about just being ready for anything. I'm talking about, are you ready for better? Are you ready for more? You gotta be ready. And listen, as things shift in your life, you gotta change, you gotta be prepared to make changes as, shift, as things shift in your life. So just, uh, just last Sunday or last week sometime, I went through my closet and put into a bag for goodwill all the stuff that's too big for me. And so over these past seven months, I have lost weight considerably, and particularly some, some uh, I've gone down sizes. And so I have a big construction trash bag of clothes. Like when I take these to Goodwill, Goodwill's gonna have a really good big and tall section <laughs> just from what I'm given. But the reason I'm giving it away is because my expectation is that I'm not going back there. Listen, it is one thing to declare I'm not going back, but it's another thing to remove the options from my life that allow me to go back. So I got to get rid of some options. You hear me? Because I got, see, what I know about me is that I got this 15-pound slide. And so I keep a good 15-pound option in my closet that I got to get rid of. You see what I'm saying? Because if I go back there, Cynthia, and don't have no clothes to wear, I'll get myself together. But if I go to that one section in my closet that's not just big and tall but bigger and still short, as long as I got those clothes, I can cover up what I won't work toward. Man, y'all missing me. 
Y'all missing me. And some of us say we want something, but leave options in our lives that say, when I don't hit the mark, it's okay. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to lessen your options. Ooh, I'm preaching good. I am preaching good. You got to lessen your options. Because if there's some stuff that you expect to have this year, there should be a section in your life that says, this is not an option for me anymore, so I'm going to get rid of it. Emails, phone numbers, pictures, whatever it is, if it's not an option. See, you just think it's closed. It ain't just clothes. It ain't just food. Dietitians coming to your house, and they tell you, here's your struggle. Get this out of here. Get this out of here. Why do you have this? And you'd be like, well, well, I mean, every once in a while, I should be able to. That's not an option in your life. And if it's an option that's not going to take you off track, don't keep it in the house. Put the effort to it to go get it. Like if you say, well, I'm not going to do this no more. I'm not going to eat ice cream no more. Don't leave it in the house for that bad day. If it's still an option for you, at least make yourself have to go work and get it. Get in the car. Drive up to Walmart. Get out. Walk down there to the, to the, back, in the back of the store for the dairy. I mean, whatever it's going to take, make it harder. You hear me? Yeah, I've come down about, about three or four pan sizes. That I, when I look at the pictures that some of y'all push, uh, put on, on, on Instagram and stuff, and I see, and I said, boy, them pants too big. So the other week I went to look and see, I was like, oh, okay, well, let me see if I have smaller pants. So I had smaller pants. I wore them last week. And I saw another picture, and I was like, them pants still too big. So I had to go buy more pants. But I am not leaving the last week pants in my closet. Because then, don't get me wrong, I know me. What I can't fit this week because they're too big, if I have an emotional week, I'll be in them the next week because I, I done ate my feelings. You understand? But I've got to get those options out of my life. Why? Because I have set some expectations for myself this year. And I want to be ready. I ain't there yet, Nisha. I ain't there. I ain't there yet. It's okay. Okay, but now since you put it up there, here we, here we go. Let me tell you this. Since it's up there already. You have to, as you move forward this year, you need to establish your expectations. Before I can get you to ready, I got to talk to you about establishing your expectations. Okay? Now, here is what the word says, and I want you to see this really quickly because, or really, I want you to really focus on this because our challenge in setting expectations is oftentimes we set expectations based on what we think is best. Can I be truthful? We don't always make the best decisions for ourselves. That's just, that's just can we be clear? We don't always make the best decisions. For our lives and then get mad about what happens so you know um, because I have type 2 diabetes and I take medicine for it I take insulin for it um, I, I should manage my intake you know when I say manage my intake I should manage the carbs that I have but it's been it's the holiday season <laughs> y'all hear what I say it is the holiday season not it was the holiday season. it is the holiday season so uh, 
Lois and Edith sent me two slices of pound cake last night. I ate both. <laughs> Sorry. And so what happens, right, I ate both at the same time I was sitting there working on this sermon, talking about establishing the expectations. <laughs> like, yeah, that was a nice sermon, Jesus. <laughs> so, so, what happens, so what happens is there is a physiological change in your body when your blood sugar comes down. Okay, so, so what happens is when you eat too many carbs and your blood sugar goes up, your blood gets thick like a syrup, which makes you sluggish. That's why you have to drink a whole lot of water to clear that out of your bloodstream because you want your bloodstream to be thin and, and fluid in your body. So for me, the physiological change happens that when I eat too many carbs, I start feeling sleepy, like all I want to do is go to bed. And then you, you're talking about, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I know what's wrong with you. You ate too many sweets. Or when you take your medicine and your blood sugar is coming down at night, two things can happen. I talked to Walter about this. It's the funniest thing. One thing is you have night sweats real bad because your blood sugar is coming down. But another thing is that you have nightmares. I asked Walter about that once. I said, Walter, do you have nightmares when you take your insulin? He's like, yeah, I've had that. Listen, sometimes I'm fighting the devil in my sleep because my blood sugar is too high. And you know what I really come to think? I ain't fighting the devil. I'm fighting me. So you wake up, I wake up, be like, oh, then I turn the TV on because I don't want to go back to that dream. That's just a hard dream. <laughs> well, you should have thought about that before you ate two pieces of pound cake, sir. <laughs> so what I'm saying on that to say that we don't always make the best decisions for ourselves. And let, let me go on and clear this up because this is what y'all do to me. This is what y'all do. I tell y'all stuff like that, and then you come out there talking to me, and I pass you, I'm not be eating. I'm just giving you my thing. You got some stuff that you don't make good decisions over either. <laughs> I just don't know yours, so don't come out there telling me what I need to regulate. You need to regulate. I'm just saying, that's what y'all do to me. That's you know. Uh-uh-uh-uh. I'm just giving you an example so you can apply it to your life that you don't make, always make good decisions, all that shopping you did that now you got a big old bill for. I eat, you shop. What? Okay. So you have to establish your expectations, but here's how that needs to happen. I want you to see uh, Psalm 62 and, and verse 5. Okay, Keisha, you didn't give me no, no clap. Okay. Wait, what does that say? I got 14 minutes left is what that says? Oh, somebody said six minutes. That's the devil, Dougie Fresh. That's the devil. <laughs> we know that's the devil. And yours say 14 minutes left? Okay, all right, here we go. Six minutes, Dougie Fresh. Y'all, 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 for the, for the 70s babies that came up in hip-hop like that, don't know they say when Dougie Fresh said six minutes, six minutes, six minutes? That was, that was the, the triple six, 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 that was the devil, that he worshiped the devil. Y'all ain't never heard that? That's because y'all like Dougie Fresh. Y'all can't see the devil. The devil, devil be trying to tell y'all I'm here, but y'all don't be listening. Okay, anyway, so here we go. Let's establish this. Now look at what David writes in Psalm 62 and 5. He says, my soul... Wait silently for God alone. Look, look at this. For my expectation is from him. 
Now, oftentimes we live our life and we say, my expectation is of God. That's good. You should have an expectation of God. But you need to remember this, that that expectation needs, your expectations about other stuff need to come from him. So when you establish your expectations for this year, they need to be godly expectations. Stop expecting stuff that God didn't establish in your heart. See, that's where it gets hard. Because the world says, just say, declare everything you want. God says, Why? you can't declare everything that you want because I've designed your life a certain way. And so some stuff ain't going to be good for you. Come on. I desire sweets. That's why I got to take medicine, because my desire is off. I do feel better when I don't have so many. So for most of the time, I'm managing pretty good. But then there are these seasons in my life, most of the time, at night. Carbs. Carbs are my friend at night. I don't eat ice cream and stuff. It messes my stomach up. But your expectations that we have to have God to establish them for us. Because when God, listen, establishes our expectations, he, number one, follows through on what he gives us, but then our lives are more in sync. So God will give you what to expect. Everybody say, God will give me what to expect. Now, I've, t- I've taught this for years, and I- I'll teach it until I die, Psalm 34 or 37 and 4 says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you what to desire or he will give you the desires of your heart. And so we preach and we declare that, and God, I declare so-and-so, and you told me in your word that if I declared this, if I uh, declared this TV and I could have this TV because you will give me the desires of my heart. And I'm telling you that's wrong. That's wrong. Okay, you can't take into your life everything you read on a meme. You hear me? The meme ain't the Bible. Most of the time, the people that make the memes up just want to laugh and want likes. So you just can't take that to mean anything. Give you the desires of your heart does not mean that God will give you what you want. You do not have to believe what I am saying to you, but I want you to say, I want you to repeat after me, giving me the desires of my heart doesn't mean that he's giving me what I want. That means he's giving you what to want. Okay, I didn't mean for you to say that, but since you said it, okay. Okay, I thought I was finished. My bad. I should have ended the quotes right there. Okay, so he will give you the desires of your heart. So what that says is this. That says give is the word prescribe. And so I always tell you when you go to the doctor, he writes a prescription for you. And he says, here, take this to your pharmacy. It is at that moment that the doctor is giving you what to desire when you go to the pharmacy. Do you hear me? Now, most of the time, they put it in the non-commercial name, so you can't even pronounce it. Fitz-a-fitz-a-fitz-a-saw. 
And you know, the pharmacy, they know what they, oh, he wants to switch the scissors out. And you'd be like, what is it again? And they tell you, you can't pronounce it. You'd be like, write it down. You don't know what they're saying. But the doctor, listen, based on what he or she knows about your condition, he or she will tell you, here is what to want. Because you don't know what to want. What you want is to be better. But I got to tell you what to want in order for you to get better. What God is saying here, if you delight yourself in him, he will give you what to want. And then when you want what he wants, you get what you want. You hear what I'm saying? So when God establishes your expectations this year, he is saying, here is what I want you to want. And so this 21 days is going to help you get the prescription from God for the rest of your year. Play with it if you want to. Don't be committed if you want to. And you're going to get what you want. Always remember this. When you get what you want, you got to pay for it. Because God pays for what he orders. Listen, God is the best child support daddy ever. He will make sure that you have everything you need, even stuff you don't even think you need. I didn't know I needed that. He, I got you. But when you start coming up with your own grocery list, he says, well, you got to pay for that. I've already decided, listen, remember, he determines the end from the beginning. Remember, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. In other words, I already got this plan for you, dude. I, before your mama even met your daddy, I knew you. Do you know what that really means? That means before your grandmama knew your granddaddy, God had a plan for you inside of your daddy. Man, that's some heavy stuff. Oh, man. There's a text in New Testament in one of the Gospels where Jesus is saying to a guy, I saw you under the fig leaf. What Jesus is really saying is, I saw you when Adam and Eve made fig leaves to cover up their nakedness after they messed up. When I looked at, I looked at Adam with that loincloth on and saw you in there. So I got a plan for you, dude. Before any of this was, 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 I got a plan for you. Listen, we do ourselves a disservice. When we don't consult God, who is the master planner for our lives, we do ourselves a disservice. Quit talking about I'm loving me, but you ain't asked the one who made you which way is best for you. Come on. Quit saying self-care when you don't go to the one who made you and ask, what's going to be best for me? Because I'm, I'm jacking this up. Most of us don't feel like we jack it up our own lives. That's some of the problem. That you need to own the fact that you done made some bad calls. Your credit sucks because you made some bad calls. 
And you got to own the fact that I have made some bad calls and I need you to establish my expectations. Tell me what to want so I can listen. Just as much as we look at all these diets and I'm supposed to be eating this today and I need to eat this today. You need to go to God and say, what's my list? Give me my 21 day list. If you want to give it to me in increments, as a matter of fact, uh, Jesus says he's really going to give it to you every day because he said, give us, give us this day. That's why you got to go to him daily and say, tell me today which way I need to go lest I mess up. Expectations. He wants to establish your expectations. He wants to give you what to desire. In these next 21 days, your prayer has to be, Lord, give me what to desire. Tell me what to expect this year. What do I need to be saying over my own life? I think I've told y'all this story before, but the Lord just in the last week, actually last Sunday, the Lord reminded me of this. Last Sunday after church, I was talking to my sisters, and they were saying to me, you know, Tim, you have so much favor on your life, just some stuff that has been happening recently, and nothing but the favor of God. And when I sat down at the table as we were eating, I thought about it. I said, you know what, God, guys? I said, this ain't just about my life. This is also about 1991, fourth Sunday in August, 1991 was uh, our youth choir anniversary. I was leaving to move here uh, that next week. And my mama was over there giving God praise like crazy. And so the next day I was teasing her. I said, Mama, what was that all about? She said, because the Lord told me that he was going to take care of you. 27 years ago, August, that just passed, the Lord told my mama, 27 years ago that he was going to take care of me watch so some of what is happening in my life ain't because of me it's because of a promise that God made her see see that's why you got to start mama daddy auntie god mama god dad whoever you are you got to start talking to God about what to expect so he could tell you, hey, I'm going to take care of little Ray Ray. I'm going to take care of him. Mama was going crazy in praise because God said he was going to take care of me. He didn't tell me. He told her. So there's an expectation on her to see God in my life. You understand what I'm saying? And that's how God works. He says, I'm going to make a promise to you about your life. And about your kids, about people that are special to you. I'm going to make a promise. So then you can set your expectation on what God has said. So now God has made a promise to me and my mama. That's double favor. You know what I'm saying? That, listen, 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 listen. Tell somebody you ain't going to be able to keep me down. Because of what God has said about my life. Now, I ain't telling you to be arrogant about it, but you need to walk in some confidence about it. You hear me? That you got some, when God tells you what you need to declare over your life and you stand over, let me tell you, let me tell you in these 21 days what my plan is. My plan is to have every electronic device that I have 
and my regular calendar, my paper calendar, all of them are going to be on calendar at one time, and I'm going to stand over the table and start declaring over February. And I'm going to declare March. You hear what I'm saying? That's what my plan is in these 21 days. Now, you can complain about not being able to eat meat, or you can take this seriously and set, set your life and be ready for what's going to happen. Whatever, I mean, it's your call. But listen, some appointments I won't be taking this year. Because I'm telling you now. So when you call Mercedes and try to get on my calendar, I'm going to say, Mercedes, ask them. Did they declare over their year what they wanted? Ask them, did they get on their face before God and ask God, give me what to desire in my heart? Because let me tell you all something. What I see in this room right here is so massive. I was just saying, I said to Arkeisha last night, I said, the creativity and talent in our church is off the chain, but I feel like we just don't plug into it and go get what God has already given us. See, you can't let me have more of an expectation for you and your life than you have for your life. You know what I'm saying? The talent in this room and, 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 and the gifting that God has in this room is multi-layered. But God has to tell you, here's what I want you to do with that. My pastor called me a few weeks ago. He said, son, I'm just calling you to give you permission to not be boxed in by your church. I said, what you mean, pastor? He said, nobody builds a vaccine in a lab and leaves it there. He said, the stuff that you do in your church, he said, if your church was as massive as you want it to be, you could not cultivate all that's in you because that's going to be the only thing you need to do. He said, but there's other stuff in you that you need to keep cultivating to the same degree. You know why that's in me? Because I lead a group of people that it's in. When I look at people like RJ, as smart as RJ is, he can sing, he can write, he can uh, play keys, he can play bass, and go to school to be an engineer. Multi-layered. So what I expect for RJ is that RJ gets the work ethic of corporate. That after a while, as my cousin has taught me, you fire corporate and you design your own companies around everything that you do. But God will set that expectation in you. You hear me? This, listen, I'm trying to tell y'all, got it. This church is my chief income. This is my source. Okay? This is my source. But there's so much more in me that God is developing that it's going to grow to be secondary income for me. Because what I am declaring over my year, I'm declaring crazy stuff like, like this, Mario, I declare that this year I need to make a, half, a quarter of a million dollars. 
I got to declare, I'm too talented to declare stuff that I can do. I got to declare stuff that only God can do through me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God will set those expectations. He has to set expectations in you that keep you reaching toward him. Paul says, not that I have attained, but that I keep reaching. And, and Paul can say that because when you go back down that same text, he'll tell you, I'm a purebred Jew. I'm smarter than anybody in my class. I made money. Paul will tell you, but none of that stuff is where God has settled me. So I keep desiring, he says, I am trying to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Paul says, tell me why you, got, why you want me like this. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to go after because you know something about me that I don't know about me, and I'm going after it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, whatever it is that I desire to be Mario, God already sees me in that. <laughs> whatever level of wholeness, he sees me in that. God sees me in a spandex shirt. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Sister, you know I've been talking about them spandex shirts for a long time. That's all right. I done threw out the big boy clothes. Now I'm in the medium boy clothes. I'm coming on down. Don't, don't play with me. You're going to be like, somebody's going to be talking about, hey, would y'all send a note up there and tell pastor to put a jacket on? <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm saying to you is, God, allow God to set your expectations of this year because he's already seen where he wants you to go. He's already been there. Listen, hear me. Oh, Lord. Oh, that's my time. I didn't even get to one point. So this, this one sermon will be a series. Listen. When Abraham, no, no, no. When Joseph got the assignment, and I'm finished with this. Wait, let me see. I had another scripture to give y'all. Yeah, i get to it in one second. I'm going to be done because I'm over. A, uh, Joseph, you, we understand that Joseph was favored by his dad. That's why he had the coat of many colors, okay? We understand that Joseph was a dreamer, and he saw in his dream his family bowing down to him. He told his daddy and his brothers what he saw, and as a result, his brothers started dissing him real bad. Oh, you think you're better than us, huh? You think we're going to bow down to you? You're the little brother. You're not the big brother. And then they started despising him, okay? Joseph gets the assignment, go and look for your brothers because I have given them an assignment to tend to the sheep, which is amazing to me because my question is, why didn't he go with them in the beginning? Some of that could have been because of the favor that his daddy was like, well, you my favorite, I ain't gonna make you work like that, you just stay here with me and let them go and do the work. Or it could have been the plan of God for what was coming up, okay? Because sometimes you gotta go down before you go up. So then Joseph goes to look for them in the first place that his daddy told him they, were be, they would be, they were not because the flock had moved. He did not stop at where they were not, although the daddy says, go to A and find them there. They were not there, they were at B, but the assignment was to find them. 
Oh, this ain't what I'm preaching. But sometimes we stop short of the plan of God because we don't listen to all the instruction. The instruction was to find them. He just so happened to, he was trying to anticipate where they would be by this point in the day. They were not there. And Joseph did not stop because Joseph says the assignment was not to go to Shechem. The assignment, well, no, the assignment was not to go to Dotham, but they were in Shechem. So the assignment was find your brothers. You should find them in Dothan. Some of us would have just went back to the house. They weren't there, Daddy. <laughs> they weren't where you said. He would say, but I told you to find them. I was just giving you an approximation about where they're going to be. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes you need to hear all of the instruction for you miss the miracle that would be your life because you want to do the most convenient thing. The convenient thing is if I go to the short distance, this is where you said they would be. I ain't getting ready to do all that walking. You told me they would be there and they weren't there, so I was obedient. No, you were not. Anyway, when he finds them, as he is coming toward them, they desire or uh, conspire to kill him. We're going to kill him. Reuben said, let's not kill him, y'all. Let's just throw him in a pit. The thing that I want you to see is that when God lays out your life, he goes to every point in your life that would kill you and drop off deliverance. So when he gets to them, number one, I love it. Not only does God cancel the death assignment, let's not kill him, let's throw him in the water, in the pit, from a guy who normally doesn't make good decisions. You got to go back to the text and look at it. Reuben always makes bad decisions. His daddy, his daddy says, dude, you're unstable. But at that moment, he got a stable thought. That's God. Listen, because God will change the nature of a thing or a person to make sure his plan is brought out in your life. People who would normally tell you no will tell you yes and co-sign it by telling you, I don't even know why I'm telling you yes. Then you'd be thinking, I know why you're telling me yes, because you're the devil. In a, in a necktie, and God has just changed your nature because he has a plan for me. This ain't about me, it's about him. So here's the deal. When he gets to the pit and they throw him in, not only do they not kill him, they throw him in. Oh, I gotta go. I, got, I gotta go. I can't even, I'm, so, I'm, I'm too deep. I'm too deep into this to, to just stop right here. Let me also say this. Because they wanted to tell, the brothers wanted to tell their daddy that the brother was dead, they killed a sheep or something that was nearby. Put the blood of that animal onto Joseph's clothes to say he had been killed. That's a type of Jesus Christ that says something has to die so that you can live. And so when God got to, so when God got to the pit, he says, we can't kill him here, but in order for him to stay alive, something does have to die. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Um, I need a lamb uh, from props department. I need a lamb to show up right when they decide not to kill Joseph, please. All this before the world was even formed. He cares enough about you, Deidre, 
that at every junction in your life that should take you out before the world was formed, he went to that intersection and said, deliverance here. <laughs> God is that big that he did it for all of us. That's why you got to ask him about what he wants you to expect this year. So instead of killing him, they put him in a pit. Slave owners came by, saw him down in there, pulled him out. The enemy that would have killed you, because these are people that were a different kind of people that pulled him out of there. God will use the enemy to bring you out of your situations. That's why you got to ask him, set my expectation. So even when it seems like I'm going down, I'll still come up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you got to stand at January and declare it over the next 12 months. That's why these 21 days are going to be important for you. In order for you to get ready, and I'll go deeper into that next week, God is saying that you got to let me set your expectations. Psalm 24 and 13, I'm sorry, Proverbs 24 and 13 says this. Eat honey, dear child. It's good for you, and delicacies melt in your mouth. Likewise, knowledge and wisdom for your soul. That, he says, get that, and your future is secure. Your hope is on solid rock. You got to go to God and say, give me wisdom for these next 12 months. Give me the knowledge that you want me to have for the next 12 months. So when I declare over you that you're above only and not beneath, that's knowledge. When I declare over you that everything your hands touch will prosper, knowledge. That's knowledge. When I declare over you that money comes to you and wisdom to handle that money, that's wisdom coming your way. You have to get that because when you get that, your future is set. You do not have to be worried about your future when you get expectations set from the Father. Y'all with me? Let God set your expectation this year because God wants you to be ready. Now let me say this to you. Over these next 21 days, I want you to take this seriously like we never have before. Okay? Because prayer is what we need to get wisdom, to set foundation. Prayer is your intimacy with God. It is your conversation. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Our Tuesday, so on Tuesday mornings, we have prayer at 6.30. You need to set your alarm today for Tuesday. Because it's easy to forget. Don't be trying to act like, no, 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 Pastor. No, no. Pastor has forgotten. The last time we did this in August, I was out. But I was supposed to be calling in. I would wake up at 8.30 and look at uh, uh, the leadership chat we got. They'd be like, ooh, you prayed up something. I'd be like, just woke up. I wasn't on to pray, but I should have been on the call. 
So don't look at me and act like, oh, no, I don't remember. No, you won't. Say, get your, call, get your phones out right now. Right now, right now. Get them out right now. I'm not taking prayer requests in January. I'm not playing. You praying for me, Pastor? No. We got 21 days. You ought to be praying for yourself. Set your alarm for prayer Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6.30. You need to set it at 6.15 so you can wake up and not be sleep on the call. The object is to be a part of prayer, not sleep while it's on your speakerphone. Y'all hear me? I have to get up. You got to know you. I got to get up. I can't be laying there talking about, in Jesus' name. I would be asleep. I to, sometimes I do prayer, I have to stand up and do prayer. Because even sitting down, I turn the fireplace on, and it's going to be all cozy, and you be trying to be, I got a little tea. They be texting me, telling my pastor, are you awake? <laughs> oh, my bad. Set your alarm. These next 21 days. Be on the call. It's free. You don't even have to get up and come out here. The model that we use, that church, that, listen, the, the model that we use, that church uh, does 6.30 prayer every morning for 21 days at the church. They have three and 400 people at the church. Because somebody has found out that allowing God to set my expectations for the first part of the year really does work. If you're going to be ready, you got to let him set it. Next thing you need to do is get on that call. Here's the next thing we're going to do. Our Wednesday night reload is prayer. I'll come in and do a five-minute teaching on prayer, and then we will pray together as a corporate body. Come. You will be out of here at 7.59. It starts at 7. You'll be out at 7.59. Here's what's amazing. What's amazing here? Well, I can't, I can't say everything that's amazing. Just know the Lord blesses us on Wednesday nights. It's a blessing. So, when he blesses us on Wednesday night, we used to say stuff like, man, and we would come together if we have a place where we could be since we've been mobile. But now we do. So I need you to set your schedule to be in here on the reload on Wednesday night for prayer for the next 21 days. That's just three Wednesdays. If you want to go back to being slack after the three Wednesdays, go ahead. Look at you. Did you just call us slack? Yes. Yes, I did. I'm here on Wednesday nights. I know who not. So my point is, put forth the effort to be ready. Put forth the effort. Listen, don't let me call you and I say, hey, I'm on my way to get you. And then when I come to get you, you're not ready. You know what I'm saying? If I say to you, hey, RJ, I'm coming to take you out for your birthday. I'm paying it. We're going to have a great time. I'm coming to pick you up at 7. Do you, you realize that was just like a blessing that I called you to tell you that I am coming to bless you. You see what I'm saying? So then what we do, the Lord says, I want to bless you this year. What we do is stay comfortable and don't move, but still want the blessing. So that's like me getting to him and saying, hey, I'm here. And he's like, hey, I ain't ready. Hey, can you like wait an hour and then give me the blessing? No, man, I have said on my agenda to bless you today. Are you not ready? How many, 
many blessings have we forfeited because we weren't ready? How many miracles have we been disqualified for because we weren't ready? And I hear God saying, you need to take this seriously. The next 21 days of prayer, we start tomorrow. Go to the website and see what our boundaries are. Because with every miracle and every blessing, there are boundaries. Oh, Lord, let me get out of here. Edge, let me go. Because we keep watching people on TV that say you can live any kind of way and get all the blessings of God. And I come to tell you, you cannot. And if you tell me that God been blessing me real good, live right and watch how much more comes to you. I got to go stand up. <laughs> Thank you, Keisha. I had a feeling that I wasn't going to get through all this today. I didn't know I was just only going to get through one point. Here's what we chew on this week. As we start this 21 days, ask God to establish your expectations. 